Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're part of our family, and we want you to be part of their family over at Green Mountain Dental, where they are the best damn family-owned dentistry in the metro area. And here's what they'll do. Not only will you be able to talk Colorado sports with them, not only will they treat you like family, but they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. All you have to do is take care of your teeth teeth, which you do anyways by going to the dentist, for them to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush to schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll get that free Sonicare toothbrush. You're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They're a longtime partner, and they have supported us for many years. And if you support them, you are supporting us. We'd really appreciate it as well. And like I said, they treat you fantastic. So many people at DNVR go to Green Mountain Dental, so you should as well. And schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush brush when you do. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason, who's coming live from Minnesota. And before we hop into the show and find out everything we need to know about the Broncos' second joint practice with the Vikings, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. And over at MSU Denver Online, they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. You can do it both at MSU Denver, and they have mastered the art of online learning and they did it before anyone else so they truly have mastered it so go check them out where you can get a relevant degree and continue to live your life over at msu denver my boy mace what is going on my friend in one month from now believe it or not the broncos could be one and oh they could be one and oh and you know what if they're one and oh it'll probably be on the strength of an outstanding defense and a very good running game and some pass catching targets that are going to make the quarterbacks look good because they can do things after the catch. Because 
based on what we've seen so far in camp, it's probably not going to be because of the quarterbacks. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, Mason, everything I saw from practice today, unfortunately, just makes me go back to something and I'm thinking, boy, is this honestly the worst case scenario that that's playing out with between the quarterbacks? Because you put out a tweet after practice that said, to be honest, Brett Rippon was the best quarterback today. And the good thing is we haven't been able to say that most days after practice, but I think that just shows what type of practice it was today, if I understand right. Oh, pardon me. You cut out, Zach. What did you say there? If Brett Rippon won today, it probably doesn't mean a good thing for Teddy and Drew. Yeah, and Teddy had a bad day today. And Teddy had a bad day in much the same way, although not quite as badly as he did a couple of Saturdays back. Remember when they went red zone heavy? He struggled in that period. He had multiple turnovers, uh, two interceptions. There was a third that uh, on replay turned out it wasn't a pick. So. It wasn't as bad a day as that. He did have the longest pass of the day among either himself or Drew Locke, and that was a 45-yard touchdown to K.J. Hamler. Wasn't a, a ball that had a lot of hot sauce on it, fluttered in the breeze, but gave K.J. Hamler a chance to, to chase it down past two defenders and come down with it. But we're talking about two interceptions for Teddy Bridgewater in red zone today. One, yes, it, was, it bounced off Melvin Gordon's hands. It was a low pass. Gordon will probably tell you, hey, I should have had that 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 ball. But you know what? It's still an, inter an interception. He had, he had another play that uh, could have been intercepted in the red zone. Drew Locke was fine, unspectacular. I mean, if you it, do you give credit on for touchdowns when there are a bunch of defenders in the area and if they're going full contact tackle to the ground, it probably wouldn't have been a score. Do you give credit for that? Mace, I know you got a lot of heat for, yeah, for I did. not giving credit <laughs> okay. for that. But honestly, I mean, I, I, I trust your judgment, and you do have yeah. to go by judgment. Do you give credit to running backs when every time they touch the ball in, in training camp, they run it 60 yards for a touchdown? Bingo. No, I mean, uh, of course you don't. So I, I totally trust your judgment on that. And so, Mace, when you kind of lay it out like that, that really scares me about Teddy Bridgewater having troubles in the red zone because, honestly, he has been— been pretty turnover free outside of the red zone but that doesn't work that doesn't cut it in the NFL if you're turnover free within the 20s that's great you need to be but you mm -hmm. certainly can't just start turning the ball over when you're in the 20s and that is very concerning to me because Teddy's the safe option and and I think that's the way that Vic views it and that Vic will view it except this is how Teddy loses it is if he proves in the place he can't turn the ball over, he's turning the ball over. And like you said, he did it two sat Saturdays ago where he was just terrible in the red zone. And then again today, that is very tough for Teddy. And then Drew Mace, my question for you is, you, you said he wasn't spectacular. Was it not spectacular in kind of a good way where Drew's making the smart decisions, he's checking the ball down when it needs to be, or was it unspectacular by missing open receivers and not necessarily making the right throws, but just the defense not capitalizing off those? Yeah, I mean, there weren't plays where you said, oh my gosh, that could have been intercepted. But, you know, the defense was kind of, was was quicker to the ball. They were made, they did make a play on, on, on the ball at one point. Uh, Drew had, wasn't 
particularly accurate today until he got in seven on seven red zone. He's fine. He was actually, by the way, he was perfect in when he threw the ball in the seven on seven period today. No, not a pass hit the ground, but he also had the whistle blow on him twice in seven on seven. And you know what that means that that's never a good, that's never a good thing in team period reps. Zach drew was six of 13 in 11 on 11 today. Oh boy. So and under and, 50%. And that's why when you have a day like that, did drew win the day? Yes. But the, we see it in the regular season where you can look at a game and say, okay, there was a winner, but one team lost that game more than the victors won it. And I think this was more a case of Teddy Bridgewater losing it with his red zone form today rather than Drew Locke seizing it. And and Drew out he had it, you know what? He had a chance because the only move of the ball period that happened today on that field was with Drew Locke at quarterback, one versus one, and Royce Freeman and we'll get to him in the second segment because of the Mike Boone injury and what that's going to mean for Royce. And Royce had a great day today, to his credit. But oh. that was the only first down on that move of the ball period. 13-yard gain by Royce Freeman. And after that, Broncos were stopped on downs. Next four plays included uh, Drew Locke going one of three, missing a couple of, of, of passes. You know, it just... It, it it was a day. It would have been nice to see Drew kind of seize the moment today, and he really didn't do it. Now, yes, yesterday Teddy clearly had the day, but then he couldn't follow it up. And this is kind of the pattern that we're seeing that these guys can't seem to stack two really good days on top of each other. Neither of them can. And if this is the case, then I would think you would default to the guy who at least has the potential to be a long term answer. It may not be high potential, but at least Drew Locke still has the potential, you'd think, to be a franchise quarterback. Again, it's probably based on his form the last couple of years. Historically, I've done the number crunching. It's about 31% that he's a viable long-term answer at quarterback, but that's better than Teddy Bridgewater. If it comes down to that, then I think they should play Drew and see where he goes. Yeah, Justin Simmons percent chance that Drew pans out is what you're telling me. And Mace, George Payton said he hoped that the Broncos had a foundational guy at the quarterback position in their building already, but he wasn't foolish. He didn't lie to us and say, yeah, absolutely we do. They're still very much in a wait and see with Drew and Teddy. And why I said Mm -hmm. earlier that is the worst case scenario unfolding in front of our eyes is because Vic said it earlier. It, It training camp he said the ideal situation is to have one of these guys just run away with the job just play Mm -hmm. so well that the broncos that it's so clear to everyone and honestly it's not clear to anyone and our quarterback scoreboard backs that up mace we've watched every between the two of us we've watched every snap and uh, you know there's a slight edge to teddy for Mm -hmm. a chunk of time then drew turns it on then they both don't look good neither one is pulling out and uh, ahead of the other and george payton we talked to him today uh and and macy he he talked to you and one of the things that he said was there's no time frame on this uh we still want it to happen naturally we want one of these guys to separate and i'm looking at my watch saying you know we're pretty much halfway from the time a training camp starts till the first for till the first regular season game when is this separation going to happen that everyone wants i i just hope it's in these preseason games and we're less than 48 hours away from the broncos first one 
Right. And I think we hope that it will be happening in these practices. I think uh, when we sat down and talked about the course of this training camp, I think we all pointed to these two days in Minnesota and thought, okay, maybe this is where we're going to start to see something. And if Teddy, if Teddy had done well in the red zone today, if he hadn't had those interceptions, if he'd thrown touchdowns instead, we would probably be having a conversation about how Teddy Bridgewater was getting some separation, but he couldn't do it. Now, another interesting thing, Vic talked after practice and he was asked about situational issues on offense in the quarterback evaluation and where that stacked up. And he said, quote, yeah, it's definitely part of the equation. A big part of when you're looking at all quarterbacks and not just ours is third down red zone, taking care of the ball, two minute end of game situations. All that's just part of everyday life in the NFL, unquote. Well, Take a look at the last couple of days of practice. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater in the red zone, dreadful. Drew Locke in move the ball, two-minute drill the last two days. One drive ends in interception. Another drive ends in a turnover on downs before they've even got across the 50-yard line. And then yesterday on the positive side for Teddy Bridgewater, he did have that drive downfield that resulted in in, in two minute in the touchdown pass to Jerry Judy from 51 yards out. So what do you it conclude from, rip- what do you conclude from that? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, it brings me back to the two minute scenario that the Broncos had last week where both drew and Teddy got a shot. Both of them showed promise moving mm-hmm. the ball from their own 25 to the opposing defense's red zone. And then they both threw picks. I mean, that's just, that's something that you can't have. That's something that this team absolutely cannot afford. At least, yeah. you know, I, in those scenarios, you you can't settle for field goals. So you got to go for it. But one, neither of these guys is taking off with this and it's concerning. And so Mace, a, a question coming in from the comments from our guy, Zachary Castro. He says, what are your thoughts on giving the QBs full games during the preseason? Wouldn't bother me if they did. Give them a give them start to finish to see what they've got. Now, the only thing that does come into play is then. I mean, what if you say, "Oh, well, you're giving one of them Minnesota and uh, and one of them Seattle," or you're giving one, or you're splitting it. Maybe you're giving one. You're splitting it Minnesota. You're giving one Seattle. You're giving one the Rams, and you'd say the person uh, that was going against Seattle would have the advantage because uh, the Rams had a better defense. Of course, the Rams will probably be playing second teamers. I think there are so many variables in terms of who you're going against over the next few weeks, and the fact that they're they're in preseason mode where they're playing depth guys. I really don't think that you can you can do that at this point i think you probably have to kind of give one one start one the next and then if the thing with the rams game is that effectively if sean McVay does his sean McVay thing you're going against backups the entire time so yeah i mean is it possible that you might get uh, what vic fangio would call the false positive from yeah, that ram yeah. game going against scrubs yeah. Yeah, you, you very well could. Uh, and uh, the thing is, Zachary, we already know that the Broncos aren't going to do that. They're, that Now, yeah. they may give one of the, both of these guys a full half. I kind of expect it from what we've heard from Vic Fangio and piecing it, piecing it together. I think it's going to be, Mace, about mm-hmm. a quarter and a half for each of them. Uh, Drew first, then Teddy, and then Brett will get the fourth quarter. I'd love to see if it's a half for both of those guys, but we'll see how they do it. We still don't know the starting right tackle. They're they're discussing that tonight and seeing how that plays out. And Mason, mm-hmm. another one coming in from Babley Barkley 34. He says, with no one taking hold of the job, does this open the possibility of making a deal for Watson? And I'll answer this really quickly, Mace. I think you're on the same page. 
page with me, and that is Deshaun Watson is not going to be on the Broncos' radar until all of his stuff clears up. The Denver Broncos, maybe another team will make a trade for him, but the Denver Broncos are not going to trade for him with all of this legal stuff still out there. I think you're on the same page with me, but Mace, it brings up another question that I have for you. And on DraftKings Sportsbook, they have Drew Locke at plus 100 to be the starter. They have Teddy Bridgewater at plus 120 to be the starter. Mm -hmm. And then they have any other quarterback at plus 350. And that's a big separation, but plus 350 isn't that crazy. I mean, those aren't crazy odds. I thought that would have been once Rodgers was off the table. I thought that would have been, you know, uh, plus 1,000 or plus 1,500. What do you think about that? I mean, is there another route the Broncos could go besides Teddy or Drew with just three, four weeks away from the regular season? Well, I mean, you think about maybe a Gardner Minshew, but he's still competing for the job in Jacksonville, according to Urban Meyer. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is just mind blowing. I mean, we've questioned some of the coaches' decisions around here. That one from Urban, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing, Urban? And I don't get that. Now, I mean, what's interesting on that is to sort of look at the history. And George Payton back in 2016 part of a Vikings organization that did make a trade for Sam Bradford right before the start of the regular season because Philadelphia had seen enough from Carson Wentz to say, you're starting, we're going to ride with you right now as a rookie. And then, of course, Teddy Bridgewater had that horrific injury out there on the practice fields at the Vikings facility. Really an injury that altered his destiny as a quarterback, I think we can say that with some certainty uh, based on where it looked like he was trending, how long it took him to get back after that injury and whether he ever really is all that he could have been uh, and all, all that he was trending to become before, before that, that awful day. So they make that deal. Now, granted the Vikings were in the mode of thinking we're Super Bowl contender. Then the Broncos, it's a very talented team, and I think you could literally say a quarterback away from being a legit Super Bowl contender. But is that quarterback going to come in, be able to come in at the last minute and uh, and save you? Probably not. But anyway, that scenario makes you makes you think about a name like Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, here's the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, and why I think it would be unwise to trade for him because he's played, of course, for Kyle Shanahan. And one thing that we can say for Kyle Shanahan is that traditionally he gets quarterbacks to, p- to play about a level over what they ordinarily are. Wouldn't you say that? Like, makes a yep. good quarterback great, like Matt Ryan. Yep. And so with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's probably, Kyle Shanahan has probably made a, a decent quarterback into a good one. Okay. Right. The, the problem is if you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, that costs you $25 million. Whereas yep. if you ride with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, you're talking about you're, you're talking about their, the total cap charge for the two of them is what about five, about uh, six million dollars total between the two of them yep, on this year's cap. Small. And any money that you save on the cap this year carries over to next year. And so I think such a move, unless it's for Gardner Minshew, who's basically pennies on the dollar. I think a move for someone like Garoppolo would be unwise because you do have to think 
in terms of what you carry over for next year and what you could do with that next year, whether it's re-signing one of your key free agents, whether Aaron Rodgers is available and you're bringing him in and you're going to need that money that you carry out, you carry over for the cap to help make that possible. So realistically, I do think that at this point, as John Fox said, would say during injury plagued years, no one's coming to save us. You've right. got to figure out the answers from within and you've got to figure out a way to make it make to, to make these quarterbacks, make it work to where you can at least be competitive Ride that great defense. Ride what I believe is going to be a very good running game that had a good day today. Take advantage of the yak abilities of Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and the jump ball abilities of Cortland Sutton. I think if you do all that, then even it, with the quarterback position weighing you down, I do believe this is still a playoff team. I mean, we've had playoff teams led by Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Mitchell Trubisky twice in the previous yep. four seasons. So can you get to the playoffs with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater being just meh? Absolutely, based on what else is on the roster. It just puts a limit on what your ceiling is at, the, at this point. That and th- That's the thing. Well, and Mace, our chat is popping off right now. Yeah. Love everyone tuning in on the on the live chat and getting in on those comments. And Gage says, any reason to think Bridgewater can't do what he did with the Saints in 2019? And NM2LG, thank you for the love on the live mm-hmm. show. Uh, and it, th- there is a reason to think he can do that, and it's because of what you said, is he's not going to have the weight of the team on his shoulders. In fact, that's going to mm-hmm. be on the defense. And then on the offensive side, he's just going to have to dish it to, to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and the running game. Uh, and, and so he's just going to have to be the pilot, not the plane. So yes, he, there's mm-hmm. a talent around him to allow him to have a similar type of stretch that he had with the Saints in 2019. Uh, and some other quarterback stuff. Got to give a shout out to our guy, Henry Chisholm, says Mac Jones looks so good. And with that, I will take a little victory lap <laughs> on Mac Jones looking good, Mace. But Wait, there, you're already taking the big... If you can take the lap on oh, yeah. Mac Jones, can I take the lap on Justin Fields <laughs> uh has he well he, he hasn't played in a preseason game has he yeah he hasn't so but I mean he, he, he's di- the reports on him from the joint practice with the Dolphins this week where they was tearing it up but I'm not yeah. taking the lap because we are we are so early in this process and, see the, yeah. the thing is uh a lot of people weren't saying Mac to the Broncos so that doesn't hurt people's souls but uh right. you know Justin Fields that's still very very tender that's uh, and, and we'll we'll get into George Payton's comments uh maybe uh in the, in the next couple of days because that was quite interesting as well but Mace I want to get more into this practice itself and I have one last question for you uh on the quarterbacks and that's just where do we stand right now because you, you said earlier we were hoping to see something, something concrete come out of these joint practices. Now we're two joint practices in. The joint practices are behind us. Where do you feel the quarterbacks stand right now? I mean, if we're going to go by the scorecard overall, and, and we'll lean on that, Bridgewater is still ahead of Drew Locke after today. And, and that's why, I mean, as kind of down as you are on Teddy in the red zone, he did have the the touchdown pass to, to KJ Hamler. Drew was below 50% in completion percentage in the team period. And there were, and 
and missed some throws that were short to intermediate that you would expect him to make pretty easily and missed a deep shot to KJ Hamler as well overthrew to KJ Hamler. So you're talking about a win for Drew, but it's like a six, four type of win today on the scorecard. So, so if you went straight up on the a little bit, yeah, if you went straight up on the scorecard, you would say, okay, Teddy's still in the lead, but if it's close, you'd, I would think in terms of the guy who had the long-term potential, and yeah. again, 30, 30% is better than Teddy Bridgewater's chance of being like a, a viable long-term guy at this stage in his career, probably about 5 to 10%, really. And Drew is probably Drew historically adjusted for era based on passer rating. Is it about is about 31%? And so me, I'm making a numbers call and I'm going with a 31%. Yeah. Simple yeah, as that. Makes, I'm, that, I'm taking the heart out of it and I'm going with the mind. Just going with the I mind would, and going with the numbers. I would go with the guy that has the the higher upside as well. I mm-hmm. don't think that's what the Broncos would do. I think Vic Fangio will go the other direction and, and go with the yeah. safer bet in Teddy Bridgewater. And before we get to talk to the other, uh, talk about what else happened in Camp Mace, we're talking ball right now. And so why don't we talk about Ball, the company, because they're sponsoring us right now. And I'm talking about Ball is in Ball Arena where the Nuggets and Avs play. I'm talking about the aerospace technology company, the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. In fact, Mace, in 2020, they made over 101 billion cans. Yes, B, billion with a B. That is just insane. That's a lot of cans. So they're going to hire production technicians to make even more aluminum beverage cans like the one that's right here beneath my koozie. Right on, Mace. They're adding to their line capacity to their 400-person plant here in town in Golden, and they want to hire you to help them create the sustainable aluminum beverage cans that they make. And the cool thing about them is over 75% of all aluminum that has ever been produced is still in use, and Ball is leading the way with that. Yeah, and I was thinking about that a couple of nights ago when I was driving from Madison, Wisconsin, Minneapolis. I cleaned out the car because, you know, I've driven around the Midwest, the Hall of Fame, to Wisconsin, up to Minnesota. And when you're driving around, you've got a lot of road be- of road sodas, and there, there were a lot of cans in my car. And I had about 12 cans, and I just dumped them all into the recycling bin at a rest stop in Wisconsin. And it's good to know that, that aluminum is going to be used over and over and over again because I kept the cycle going by recycling it. Yes, it will. Even Zachary Castro says his Diet Coke was in a ball can, which is cool to hear. And so if you want to be part of what they're doing over there, working at a great company, here's what you do to work for ball. You can check them out at hashtag work at ball online, and you can apply for a position by simply texting golden, G-O-L-D-E-N to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden, G-O-L-D-E-N to 77222. Yeah, you can be unstoppable at Ball if you work there. And if you work at Ball and you're unstoppable, you're going to want to refuel with something perfect, like the damn good beef from our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. And that's beef. That beef you can get at the DMVR Bar. You can get the Hassel Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger. It's all, it's available for you. You can add all the toppings you want, but it tastes so good. You're probably not going to want many toppings, lettuce, tomato, slice of cheese, 
maybe a little drizzle of ketchup and mustard, and you're good to go. But what's more, Hassel Cattle Company is giving away a $200 gift card and cooler to one lucky winner in a contest. I could have used that cooler on the road this week. It's easy to enter. Just head on over to the DNVR Sports Twitter page and click the link to our pinned tweet. It's free. You can win money and a fantastic cooler, and you'll get notified about all their best deals, including a chance to save 10% off your entire purchase with that magical code DNVR10 at checkout. That's DNVR10 to save 10% every time. Try some of that great beef from Hassel Cattle Company. They call it the Blue Collar Wagyu because the best damn Wagyu every man or woman can afford. They've got smoked sauce in York Street strip, beef bacon, Frank's with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. So check out that D- that code DNVR10 for 10% off at Hassel Cattle Company. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. DNVR10 for 10% off and get that order of $200 and get free shipping. And don't forget to check out the DNVR Sports Twitter page and find out how to win a $200 gift card and a cooler to one lucky winner from our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. When you're at the DNVR bar, you might as well hold your fantasy draft there because not only will you get an awesome environment, the best environment that you can possibly have for a fantasy draft, not only can you also get hassle cattle, but you can also get two free pitchers of beer. Here's what you need to do to do that. Hold your fantasy draft at the DNVR bar and bring 10 or more friends and you'll get two free pitchers of beer. One Breck beer of your choice and one draft beer of your choice as well. So what you have to do is just email gm at thednvrbar.com to set this up. Bring your group of 10 people to hold your draft and boom, you'll get two free pitchers of beer, one Breck beer of your choice and one draft beer of your choice. That's just one of the benefits that you get of being a member with us when you're there you'll also get a member beer which is a big beer for the price of a small beer you get to join our dnvr golf league you get a free t-shirt when you sign up for an annual membership and right now get in on our training camp special which gets you a membership for 59 dollars, and you get a 60 dollar gift card which you can do whatever you want with including getting our new hats which we just dropped which are so sweet we're having some broncos shirts drop soon so you can get all of that and you get $60 for $59 and you get everything that comes with it, including your supporting us. So we'd really appreciate it if you went to the dnvr.com and joined our family. When you do say hello in the comments, but Mace, before we get to the comments, I need to know what else do we need to know from today's practice outside of the quarterbacks? Outside of the quarterbacks, KJ Hamler, another good day. Of course, I mentioned that uh, deep ball that he got under from from Teddy Bridgewater during practice. And uh, and it, he was also part of a really funny press conference after you had basically, <laughs> you had Melvin Gordon and KJ Ham were basically serving as the hype men for Jerry Judy at a press conference right after practice. Yeah. And I mean, so, you had Jerry cut or you had uh, KJ come up. He's wearing his shades. He comes up and introduces Jerry, and then he's standing in the background looking like a security guard like this. You have <laughs> Melvin Gordon also doing that. It was a, you know, Mace, I really enjoyed seeing that because mm-hmm. the, this, the, most of these guys are like the future of the team. You know, you have KJ Hamler, Jerry, Judy, Melvin Gordon's going to be a big part of this team, and they're having fun after practice. We have not seen fun with the Broncos in, in quite a long time, so it's refreshing to see that, mm-hmm. especially from, from the stars of the team. So I 
really like seeing that, especially guys that are balling out. I mean, it's hard to evaluate the running back position right now, but I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a very big year. And George Payton said it today. If KJ Hamler stays healthy, he's going to be a big time playmaker for the Broncos, which is very true. And we just see it from Jerry Judy every day, just how good he is. I really love that we got to see KJ make the big play in practice today. And that's two days in a row he's made big plays. He made Teddy Bridgewater look good on Wednesday, catching uh, a touchdown pass down the seam as well. So they had they had the timing going really well. And it's actually, you know, for all that we're kind of talking about badly with Bridgewater today, you know, we know that he's developed timing with, Jay, with uh, Jerry Judy. He's developing good timing with KJ Hamler as well. And I think that's something that it, it is a positive. If you're looking, if you're looking for positives, on Teddy's, you know, shaky day, it's it's something like that as well. Better work for the offensive line, especially in run blocking. Uh, and mm, but I'll say this: kind of up and down. Like Calvin Anderson struggled in one-on-one pass pro drills today, and he's having some issues in pass pro. As a run blocker, he's doing very well. He actually flattened a guy today to spring Royce Freeman for a long Ooh. run. But he was working. He was working with the twos at left tackle today. A little bit of a shakeup. You had Bobby Massey over at right tackle today. Anderson was first team right tackle yesterday, and then you had Cameron Fleming as the second right tackle, and and Calvin Anderson as the first team left tackle. So something to kind of watch. You know, they continue to kind of move Calvin back and forth, and now Cameron Fleming getting some time on the right side and backing up on the left side. So they're trying to figure out who the swing. Is going to be in the midst of in the midst of all of this as well. Von Miller was shredding people over on the defensive yep. field. Yeah, getting pressure after a few times. Yes, getting pressure after pressure after pressure. You know, Vaughn, he's sometimes you can see when he's holding back, but the last couple of days he hasn't held back. He's been yeah. a mon- He's been a monster. And having seen that the last couple of days, Zach, I'm good. I don't want to see him play on Saturday. What about any time don't in need the to, preseason? I don't need to see him play in the preseason. I only wow, see Vaughn play in the preseason. Knife? No, I, I I don't want to risk. I, I'm not risking anybody unnecessarily. I'm good in the preseason with not seeing Vaughn, Shelby, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller. I'm good with not seeing any of those guys in preseason games. I know I what agree. they are. So then, I trust so then them. You did, so you disagree with uh, with Vic because it, it really seems like Vaughn is going to play in the preseason. Completely. This is I'm yeah. uh, I'm, I'm I am more on the Sean McVay scale of preseason playing time. Unless they really need it, I'm not running the risk. And they're pros. Say, Court, Cortland Sutton was uh, was not really practicing today, from what I yeah. understand. Does this mean that we should expect him, or should not expect him to play on on Saturday? Yeah, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't expect him to play on Saturday. And I think uh, with Cortland Sutton, because they've been bringing him along at a deliberate pace. Maybe when you're talking about him playing is that Rams preseason finale, because perhaps he might say, oh, we don't want him playing on turf just to be certain. So maybe you don't have him on turf in Seattle next week as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. And thank you for the love, James, just dropping in saying, great show, guys. Keep up the good work. We really appreciate that. Uh, so, Mace, really quick, who do you think, uh, because it to me, they're still playing the game at right tackle of moving all these guys around. But when the unofficial depth chart came out earlier this week, Cameron Fleming was not a right tackle. He was a backup left tackle, which to me is just just made it clear. Okay. Uh, but the the competition is between two people, Calvin Anderson, Bobby Massey. And to me, I really think they kind of know what's going on. It's going to be Bobby Massey is a starting right tackle. Calvin Anderson is a swing. And Cameron Fleming might not make the team. Do you think there's still more of a competition going on than, than I portray it? I think there's still more of a competition going on than it meets the eye. And I think the fact the fact that they still listed them as co-right tackles, I believe, shows there's more competition going on than meets the eye. Okay, okay. Well, I, I like I like to hear that, um, Mace. What what else do we need to know from today's practice? Mm. I mean, I think we kind of hit the high points. I think one interesting thing was that Vic Fangio watched yeah. the offense today. Yeah, people were on Twitter saying, "Hey, I guess they listen to you guys." Yeah, Vic Vic was watching the offense all the way through. Now, one of the things I think he was watching closely was the snaps. And the snaps were better today, although there was a fumbled center snap exchange uh in, that uh, Teddy Bridgewater was involved with. Part of just everything was going wrong in the red zone for Teddy Bridgewater including being part of a fumbled snap, and there were still snaps that were wide and or mistimed in terms of the shotgun going to both Bridgewater and Locke. So this is still a bit of an issue, although it was better. And there were fewer false starts there. I don't actually recall. I I, th- I don't really recall more than uh, I think one, maybe one false start for the offense today. So they cleaned that up. That was good. And Vic was uh, was still pretty upset about all the pre-snap stuff with the snaps, with the false starts, saying that, you know, it, it's not good enough. That needs to improve because, honestly, one in one practice is too much. That That is too many. Uh, and Mace will end on some good news and bad news. I'll get the bad news out of the way. A lot of questions coming in on Mike Boone. Can you tell us what you saw after practice? Vic said uh, he believed he had a quad injury. The extent is unknown. Yeah, and I think it, it it wasn't good. Like when he was running for the pylon, he was running to the left. It was a red zone period, and he pulled up, and it was one of those things. You know, you can say like he kind of pulled up as though he was shot in the shot in the back of the leg. That's that's what it looked like. Yeah. Like he, oh, it was Ugh. very sudden. And then he tried he tried briefly to walk it off. He got help from one of the Broncos medical personnel people. But then he couldn't do it. He was back on the ground, and then they, they carted him off. And that's where you start thinking, okay, did something pop in right. there? What happened? Uh, but on the surface, you'd look at being carted off and look at kind of how he how he pulled up and how sudden it was and say, it's probably going to be something – I would assume that's measured in weeks rather than months, but I don't want, or rather than days, but I don't want to diagnose, but uh, it could, it could put Mike Boone on the shelf for a bit. And obviously the beneficiary roster wise of that, it's going to be Royce Freeman because Royce was on the bubble and it wouldn't have surprised me if Royce were traded uh, before the end of camp. Now there's, there's a place for Royce Freeman, perhaps if Mike Boone's going to be on the shelf for a few weeks. So uh, that was disappointing because Mike's had a great camp. And you yeah, feel he, really, he really bad. 
And I talked and, to him yesterday after practice and just really, uh, just really, really good, enjoyable guy. And uh, really hope he comes out okay. And it comes when he's back in Minnesota, his, the only team he's been on before the Broncos. And it comes on the heels of what George Payton said about him, which was very interesting, said he's the fastest running back of the group, extremely explosive. And those are the things that we've seen throughout camp. And we knew he was going to have a big role on this offense, even being the third running back. I really hope that it's just a couple of days he's out. But like you said, Mace, it does not look good. But it is good for Royce Freeman because now he has an opportunity to make the team and Mace, I said we end on bad news, which is that the good news, Dalton Reisner went down during mm-hmm. practice, but he is okay. He expects to play in the game if the coaches are going to have him there. So a, a big sigh of relief mm-hmm. there with Dalton. Yeah, good thing. Now, maybe I, I wouldn't run any risk and put him out there. If there's even a mild risk, I wouldn't have him play, but a great sign. He was really angry in at first, understandably so, when he got hurt, but then uh, was ba- was back under his own power, and uh, and that was really good to see. One thing I know we mentioned, we had a comment that came in earlier, um, and it was about Teddy, and t- it referred to what he was in New Orleans, and said, "Okay, why couldn't he be that way again here?" Yeah, like two words, Sean Payton. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and the reason that I said maybe he could be closer to that is yeah. because of the offensive talent. And you look at the offensive talent that he was surrounded by in New Orleans, he has a similar level of, of talent here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. do you expect him to go 5-0 and with nine touchdowns and two interceptions? No, I think that would be not, that would be foolish to expect here. But that, that's not the way he's throwing in the red zone, maybe, you can't expect that. Right. That gives you hope, though. Maybe he can meet between there and who he was with the Panthers last year. And that'll give you the average quarterback play that you need. That's, again, where we are. We're not expecting perfection from this quarterback group. If they are average, whether it's Drew or Teddy, then you'll find uh, the Broncos competing for a playoff spot. You'll find them competitive in December. And Mace, I've really loved this conversation. We're going to head over to the podcast side of things to finish this out. If you could hit us with a like, a subscribe, Hit us with alerts so you know anytime we're going live. We would really appreciate it. We are going to the podcast side. Here's how you find us. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, search Broncos and boom will be the first one that shows up. We're going to be live after Saturday's game, so make sure to tune in after you tune in to the game. Thank you guys so much for joining with us on the live podcast. Mace, let's jump into the podcast side. And Mace, before we jump into the comment section, got to tell you about a really cool partnership we have. Burt Kreischer is coming to Red Rocks, presented by AEG, and we are thrilled to announce that he is going to Red Rocks on Wednesday, September 8th of this year. He's going to be joined by Mark Norman and you need to get your tickets now for what is going to be a fantastic comedy show. Bert is a comedian, actor, writer. He performs sellout crowds across the country. And now's your time to retox at Red Rocks with Bert coming up on September 8th. And guys, he is so funny. And you want to get your tickets by downloading the Red Rocks app today to see Bert and Mark on September 8th in the best venue in the world. So make sure to download the Red Rocks app today to get your tickets to see Burt Kreischer, one of the best comedians out there. Uh, So check him out at the Red Rocks app and get your tickets there. Also check out our friends over at Solace Meds, a premier dispensary 
with some hot deals to offer for the hot month of August for Solid Smeds. Has four convenient locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one on East Colfax, just blocks away from the DMVR bar. Here are the deals they've got going on this month. Dixie Elixirs, woo, lordy, two for three, $30. Derek Weedham's favorite and a DMVR favorite as well. 20% off Spectra, 25% off Ripple, 15% off Silver Shell Flower, and 15% off Connoisseur, Connoisseur, pardon me, shelf concentrates. And if you head on over to any location, you get a free solace bar king cone when you mention the code DNVR20. That's DNVR20 for 20% off and a free solace bar king cone at any solace meds location. Of course, solace meds makes your cannabis shopping a delight. You head on over to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just head on over to solacemeds.com, S O L A C E meds.com, and purchase from there. And like I said, Use that code DMVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase and get that free sauce bar or king cone. And the best part, not only do you get savings, but they also know that your friends over at DMVR sanctioned. Check out Solace Med with four with Solace Meds with four locations, Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, off Broadway, and on East Colfax, blocks away from the DMVR bar. You may think I'm crazy right now, but it's 7:29 p.m. and I got myself a little cup of Strava craft coffee. In fact, it's in a ball glass mug too. I can't make this up. If only we had like an ice sponsorship as well, I could have their ice and it would be the trifecta. But uh, it's Strava Craft Coffee. It is so delicious. And the great thing about it is with the CBD infusement, it helps relieve the coffee jitters. So you can have as much coffee as you want to stay as amped as you want to do as many podcasts as you want throughout the day, like I'm doing right now. And here's an even better thing about Strava Craft Coffee. They haven't felt the love lately so they upped their offer from DNVR20 to now DNVR25, which means you get 25% off this delicious, smooth CBD coffee. And all you have to do is order it. Use the code DNVR25 at checkout, and you'll get 25% off the delicious CBD-infused coffee. And of course, the coffee is delicious, and the CBD helps relieve aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on, it helps relieve. So check them out. And then after you use that code, you'll get 20% off for the rest of of your life by subscribing to Strava Craft Coffee and you'll get 20% off. And you can also have it set up where it ships straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks or however often you would like. It'll just show up at 20% off. So make sure to check them out. And the first time you use the code, make sure to use code DNVR25 for 25% off. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comments from the wonderful people. And the first one is for you. Yep, from Count Loculo, it says, fellas, PS2, Patrick Sertan, has got to be on the gridiron on every play. He's much better than Darby already. Plus, Darby can't snatch the ball away from the defender. We need turnovers like nobody's business. What say you? Love the count. You know, I think Darby's actually been playing pretty well at camp. He, he's, I had think great, Darby, he's had a great camp. He's responded to the challenge, and I think he's fitting in this scheme better than perhaps I thought uh, when the Broncos first signed him. So the thing is, it's not that Pat Sertan isn't playing great, but uh, who's he taking time from? Fuller's having a good camp. Darby's having a good camp. Bryce Callahan's having a really good camp. I think the solution is going to be more of these sub packages where they're getting Pat Sertan on the field, even in the box, somehow, some way, just to make sure you're getting your best players on the field. The, the guys are going to lose playing time because of Pat Sertan or the linebackers. 
Yeah, I in fact I asked Ronald Darby if he thinks Dime could be the new base, and he said, Whoa, 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 I wouldn't go that far yet. But Mason, that's what I think the answer should be. I think Dime should be the new base for the Broncos as long as their run defense can hold up enough. And that's a big question by playing Dime. Uh, but I don't want to take any of those four off the field. I kid you not, if I was Vic Fangio, I would make it so that all four of those guys are on the field for every, for pretty much every single play. And of course, you're not taking Bradley Chubb and Von Miller off the field. So it really comes down to, okay, well, who comes off the field? Uh, maybe you're playing Kareem Jackson in the box a lot more to help with the run defense, but I'm keeping all six of those guys on the field. And one thing I do agree with you, Count, is uh, Ronald Darby just is for whatever reason, does not get interceptions. He gets a lot of pass breakups, but not any interceptions. We've seen that be the case in training camp as well, but I really like where your head's where your head's at. Next one from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, who is your bubble guy that you can't help but root for? Does your fantasy league get dull? Do you wish the stakes were higher? Do you constantly wonder how the heck Todd, who knows nothing about the football, but made the, but made the league an even number in the last minute, somehow was in the playoffs. Then you need to upgrade the rules. DNVR guillotine league has four spots remaining. If you need that extra kick, there's no winners, only survivors. The lowest scoring team each week is gone and his or her players become free agents. Contact at ace jiggy 19 that's a c e j i g g 19 in the lounge for details it's just like running from a bear you don't have to be the best but you don't want to be the last holy cow nice. that fantasy league sounds so much fun oh my gosh wow and makes another that's, reason that's to amazing. be a member with us at DNVR because you'll get access to the DNVR lounge which then gets you access to this incredible league yeah, that's that sounds amazing. That that might be the that might I'm not guaranteeing that might be the thing that draws me back into fancy football. That is impressive. <laughs> it it is so Mace. Any bubble guy that you can't help but root for? I'll start off and say probably the number one guy in Broncos country that everyone's cheering for, and that's Kendall Hinton. I mean, just everything he did for the team last year, and now actually being a very good receiver. I'll tell you what, they're both receivers. I'm rooting for Kendall Hinton and Trandy Benson, TB12. And uh, TB12. Yeah, he had, had another catch, had a nice catch today. Mm-hmm. He's, he he's making good. plays left and right. Yeah, every day he's making plays. Kendall Hinton actually was uh, not out there today. Like there were he, Tim Patrick, uh, just, getting, just, just getting some time off. There was a sleeve. Uh, on Kendall Hinton's knee. So we'll just kind of watch out for that here in the next couple of days. So mm, don't like to hear Shweed. that, but Trinity yeah. Benson is balling. He is. Sweet. Hey, Kings Mesa served a mission for my church in Minnesota, lived near Egan for a while. There are two places I would say to check out the paddy wagon in Richfield and the lion's tap in Eden Prairie. I'll personally Venmo you the money to go. That's how much I love these restaurants. Keep up the great work guys. I love the content PS that invite goes for anyone in the DMVR family. If they're in Minnesota, well, you don't, have to Venmo me the Venmo me the money. I do appreciate though, but I actually I just I wrote that down. I'm looking for a place to have lunch on Friday, and I think you just gave me two uh, two great spots that I'm going to end up at one of them for lunch. So oh, that's tremendous. I can't, I can't wait to hear about it. And just another reason yes. why this community is so freaking oh, cool. Love the, the suggestions, Swede. Yes, y'all are the best. Shaggy McLovin the third. Hey guys, it's been a while. Since I, was a, since I was a subscriber back in the BSN days. I haven't missed an episode, so I had to become a member once I had a chance dollar-wise. Got him. Hey, got him. Welcome, Shaggy McLovin. 
Love having you here. You guys have helped me stay connected with my team and helped me a lot while chasing my dream when I was on the road a lot. I'm coming into town from San Diego next weekend. I'll be in Denver on Sunday the 22nd and Monday the 23rd. I would love to buy any of you guys a few drinks and try the RK special DNVR bar. If any of you are free those days, sorry for the long comment. That's great. Love the fact that you're coming to town. Um, and hopefully at least one of us will be able to, to catch up with you uh, that weekend. I'll be coming back from Seattle, so maybe I'll be in on Monday and be able to, to go on over there. Yeah, Shaggy, that is so, so cool. Someone is going to be there. And, uh, man, it's so cool when people come into town and they make sure that the DNVR bar is a stop there. We love you. Thanks for riding with us officially. Next one from Melbourne Bronco. Did I get it right, Mace? Melbourne. Yes. Good job. Melbourne well Bronco says, Melbourne hi guys. Bronco. Loved RK and Zach describing Judy's moves on number 24 made me hmm. chuckle. Checking my betting agency down under and the odds for defensive rookie of the year. Parsons six and a half to one pay nine and a half to one after. And after seeing Patrick Sertan 12 to one, I'm getting some of that action Cheers. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, that that's great. The only thing that's going to hold Patrick Sertan back from that, well, is two things is if Vic treats him like the fourth corner. So he's not on the field when they're not in dime, which I don't think should be the case, but could be since he's the rookie. Uh, and the second one is if he's just so good that they never throw his way, then he's never going to be talked about. Uh, and then that would hurt his odds as well. Uh, because the cornerback is a position where if you're great and cornerbacks know it and respect it, it's going to be hard for you to get a lot of love. Yeah, it is. And, uh, if you're a pass rusher or if you're an inside linebacker, you're going to, you're going to get sacks, you're going to get a tackle total. And that may be something that pastor tan can't get. And the other thing is, if he's a sub package guy and they're finding ways to get him on the field, that's well and good, but he still might be only be playing about 60% of the snaps. Whereas someone like Parsons is probably going to play close to hundred percent. So I really, I really like that, the odds. Yeah. I like the odds. And I think, and look, he, he's a Bryce Callahan injury away from playing like 85% of the snaps. Yeah. And we, leaving. and, and with Callahan and also with Ronald Darby, these are guys that have not made it through a season without some kind of injury. So the odds of Sertan ending up being an, an every down guy are actually pretty decent at some yep. point this year. Yeah, it's a good point. Next one from my biggest fan, my boys. It finally happened. I'm a DNVR member. Let's go. We got him. I've been yes. listening since 2018, but could not pass up on the great deal going on. The hoodie and hat came in yesterday and they're even better than I expected. I'm still figuring out the discord, but the Broncos chat is rocking. Keep up the amazing work, fellas my biggest fan oh my biggest fan you're my biggest i'm your biggest fan now mm -hmm. love to hear it and guys just a, a reason why you should subscribe now and join our family not only do you get to co comment but you get our membership for free mm -hmm. with 60 dollars gift card or you can view it the other way around it's just an incredible deal and we would really appreciate the support as well so love to hear you're rocking and rolling with us my biggest fan next one coming in from and oh by the way, let's say Vic gets the defense to a top three unit by the end of the season. How bad can the offense be without costing him his job? You know what? I actually went back and looked at a team whose composition kind of reminds me a lot of, uh, of this one. And that was the 1997 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course it was the Bucs. Great defense. Well, yeah, but the, the parallels are great. You had <laughs> yeah. defensive-minded coach. 
And you know, Tony Dungy, probably a little bit more of a big picture guy than Vic Fangio, but uh, he's still at that point. Dungy only had one season as a head coach, and it was six and ten the year before. The jury was still out on him, and you had a defense that had that was that had some stars, stars in the making. Had John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, three Hall of Famers, and the offense had some talent that you know. They had Warwick Dunn and Mike Allstott as a very talented backfield. Allstott, one of the best playmaking fullbacks of the last quarter century, and and some good and some solid receivers that could you know Horace Copeland was a big play threat. Uh, Rodell Anthony could get open, and a quarterback in Trent Dilfer who had a habit of undermining himself and his team's hopes. They went ten and six, and the offense ranked twenty fourth of thirty teams. So. What I'm saying is I think you could have a bottom seven, bottom eight offense, and if the defense is top three, I think the team does well enough to where Vic Fangio is back. And so what are we talking, eight and nine? Is that kind of th- uh, a scenario you could see? Honestly, if, if the offense doesn't immolate itself with turnovers, that's an equation I think could win 10 or 11 games. Oh, wow. I, I don't, I don't know about 10 or 11. I could see nine and eight, but well, look but at let, the schedule too. The, the, the opponents matter as well here. But in Mace, this let, let, let's say, let's say it is eight and nine. The defense plays out of their mind and the offense is disappointing. Does Vic come back? Oh, if they're eight and nine, uh, I, I, in a season like that, I think he's gone. Really? Oh, see, I would say the opposite. I mm. would say that Vic, Vic is here if he does his job on offense and then also gets three more wins than he got last year. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Because I think it's going to be a big picture thing. Mm. And because because look, the other thing on defense is, uh, hey, we love how this defense is, is constituted. But then you start going through it and say, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson, uh, Vaughn Miller, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell. Boom, 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 expiring contracts right there. So I think what will happen is if they go eight, nine, the balance of the team is going to shift a little bit. Maybe a bunch of those guys aren't back and maybe they move in a different direction, probably with a more offensive minded coach, especially if they bring in a young quarterback next year after this eight, nine season. And I would say if they go eight, nine, the quarterback for 2022 definitely is not is not on this roster right now yeah see i think that's a big change that yeah. would happen mace is a quarterback change i think i think george would give vic one mm. more year but it, it's interesting mm. we'll, we'll we'll see next we'll one see. coming in someone from, like uh, doug peterson you're sorry to interrupt but someone like doug peterson in that equation could be very attractive could could be definitely next one from brian stoll hey fellas loving the camp coverage i love hearing about the creativity with sertan playing a bit of a hybrid role but is there a risk that he is losing valuable reps as a pure corner my concern is that he will spend his rookie year learning the hybrid position and then be a year behind when we lose callahan or fuller and he has to go back to corner maybe he is so advanced he doesn't need the year or maybe he's good he's good it's a good way to ease him in what do you think well i wouldn't be worried about that at all brian stoll and the reason is he's not just focused on the hybrid position he is also playing outside when he when the two defense is out there he's playing pure outside corner so he's still getting those reps and when the regular season comes around he he took so many reps at outside corner at Alabama that he's not going to be missing out on those reps so I wouldn't be worried about that at all I think it's a great point though He's getting a metric ton of reps right now because of that second team work and also the first team sub work and 
as they would say in Boston, he's wicked smart. I, I don't he have is. any. I don't have any doubt that he's going to be able to learn both positions and execute them very well. I'm not concerned at all. I agree. And Dak Logan says, "Hey guys, when Zach asked what walleye was yesterday, I lost it. It's okay, Zach. I recently learned what a Rocky Mountain oyster is. Ah, yes, in Colorado, we all know what Rocky Mountain oysters are. Mace, if you like fondue, you should go to the Melting Pot, which is about halfway in between Target Field and US Bank Stadium. I will bet on my life that you will love it. Anyways, my Broncos question is: There has there been any cheap shots or chippiness in combined practice? Thanks." Okay, uh, no cheap shots. Uh, there were a couple of little scuffles over on the Broncos defense versus Vikings offense field today, but nothing anywhere like what we saw on Saturday between Garrett Bowles and Bradley Chubb. That just very typical for what you see two teams going up against each other, especially on a second consecutive day. And I like the intensity both teams had today. So nothing, nothing to worry about and no cheap shots. And uh, it, it was good, clean work the last couple of days. Good. I, I like to yeah. hear that. Next one from Wildcard. He says, hey, fellas, I'm not too sure if this question has been asked yet, but with the emergence of Javante Williams at running back, would it make sense to trade Melvin Gore to the Rams for a mid to late round pick? It seems like it would be a win-win for both teams. Uh, in the wake of the Mike Boone injury, which I think, like I said, is going to be measured in weeks rather than days, uh, I don't expect uh, this deal to be on the table. I think the Broncos will stand pat with what they have at running back. Mason, unless unless it's a mind blowing offer like a second round pick for Melvin Gordon or something, I, I, I'm not a fan of doing this. And a lot of people have actually presented this to me. Uh, and the reason I'm not a fan is they're going to rely on their running backs a ton. And you see, whether it's in training camp, whether it's in the regular season, not these guys aren't going to all hold up. You're going to need at least two guys there uh, because you you got to count on an injury, and it's going to be running back by committee. And Melvin Gordon is your number one. So if you're relying on your running backs to be the, 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 the center of this offense, you got to have your number one running back and you got to make sure that you have a good committee there. So I'm not a fan of this unless the Rams are way willing to overpay. And I don't think that'll be the case. Yeah. And they've already sacrificed draft capital. They don't have that much to work with. That's in, for sure. The deals yeah. they've made. So, I mean, I think they're probably talking about, oh, maybe a fourth or fifth round pick. And I think, no, I'm not going to make that deal. And exactly. let, the, I'll tell you what, the only way I'm making deals, because Peyton said at his press conference, they've gotten calls on some of their corners. And right. I'm not making a deal today. But if this team is three and five at the deadline, mm. if they don't have if if they if they don't have a contract that keeps them bolted down for 2022, I'm fielding calls ah, on everybody on every on everybody who's not bolted down. You're Justin fielding calls. I see what you did there, Mace. Um, oh but, my God. <laughs> but come no, on, right. Zach. <laughs> uh, you, you're right. That that's uh, a lot. And with a new GM, Mace, a lot of guys could could be up for sale, as they say. And you don't typically see that happen in the NFL a lot, but that could absolutely be the case. And remember, if uh, let's say they they have Aaron Rodgers in the back of their minds. If mm -hmm. the Packers don't bring him back for 22, if they end up moving on, if that requires a trade, there'll be some capital sacrifice, but you know what? If you're struggling, if you're two and six or three and five, God forbid, God forbid. But if you're, if you're, if you're one of those two records halfway through the season, then if you're George Payton, you're thinking I might have to give up some first round picks to get Aaron Rodgers in the following off season 
or I might have to give first round picks to move up and get a quarterback near the top of the draft, but I still want to have my 10 picks. And so that's where you say, okay, I'll take calls for guys who are have expiring contracts and we'll start picking up some mid round picks to bolster that arsenal. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in for Broncos 502. Hey guys, love the camp coverage. Head coach candidates for next season. We have an amazing defensive coordinator in Vic, but the team needs a true head coach that watches both sides of the ball. How many more times can we hear Vic say he didn't watch the offense? Reminds me of Vance and how good practice was. So long, Vic. It's been real. Well, a good he thing He watched is- the offense today. <laughs> Yay. I, you know it. what? It's funny. I noticed it and I'm, I look around and I'm like, and I just go on Twitter. I'm like, has anyone pointed this out yet? No one had. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I just tweet out, Vic's watching the offense intently today. <laughs> People love to see it. Love to see it. Um, oh, and it made, Mace, it made, made me feel warm in my heart. I needed that today. <laughs> and Mace, you've already mentioned a uh, a great head coaching candidate that that's going to be very hot next season. And that's Doug Peterson, uh, a guy that's won a Super Bowl, an offensive guy, a guy that's very well-respected and he has a year off this year. He's going to be very sought after. So if the Broncos need a head coach, they're probably want to go, want to go on the offensive side. And he's going to be a name that, uh, that, that is high up on their list. And I would say after the last two coaches, if Vic Fangio doesn't work out here this year, I really want to see the Broncos hire somebody who's been a head coach before. I think George Payton would probably want that too. Yeah. uh, Let, let's let another team hire the coach and let them make their mistakes, their first time mistakes somewhere else. And so that's why if, if you went offense, Doug Peterson, if you're saying, okay, we don't care about offense or defense and you did make a move. I love Todd Bowles as someone mm-hmm. who did have a good season with the jets didn't work out, but certainly learned some lessons. And he being around Bruce Arians, I think can only help his cause as well. Uh, coming out of Tampa Bay though, if they had to make a move right now, my list starts with Peterson and Bulls. Well, and just stay in Tampa Bay, Mace, and uh, look at the offensive coordinator uh, there. Um, his, but he hasn't uh, been. But Beth Leftwich hasn't been a head yeah, coach though. And I, yeah, and as right. much as I like Byron Leftwich, I think I, I would. If I if I were an owner, if I had if I had ten billion dollars and I bought the Broncos, one of the things that I would generally go in to a head coaching search process with is saying i want them to have run a shop before Mm. okay well then yeah byron is off your list yeah yeah next one i mean and yeah and and again i mean i know that everyone's looking for the next genius but you just go through the history of the nfl over the last 20 years and uh look at all and and most of the super bowls were won by guys who coached somewhere else yep yeah yeah you know even going going back the last twenty five years, it really kind of it really kind of started with Mike Shanahan, who coached the Raiders for a year plus. Yeah, and uh, Bill Belichick obviously coached somewhere before he uh, took over Tom, New England as well. Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin did, Pete Carroll did, uh, Doug Peterson's actually one of the exceptions, taking the Eagles to a taking the Eagles to Super Bowl. Bruce Arians had coached somewhere else. I mean, you just Gary Kubiak had coached somewhere else. I mean, yeah. you just kind of yeah. start going down going down the list here and there. And uh, there are a lot more of those guys than there are Sean Payton's and Doug Pearson's. Tony Dungy was a retread being fired by Tampa Bay. Yep, when he went with exactly. Exactly. Next yeah. one from true retread champion is a 24. Term, sorry. Sorry. That's my, that's me, my soapbox. I apologize. Retread is a term that has a, that has a really bad connotation when it comes to coaching. And I think we need to take it back. 
True Champ Fan 24 says, my peoples, I know it's probably not what we need right now, but if Minshew loses the competition with T-Law, I really think Denver needs to make that trade. I think Minshew is a better player than both Teddy and Drew. I'm all in on the high risk, high reward play right now. I love me some Teddy, but being eight and nine is not the answer. Also on the Jerry Judy fantasy stuff, I'm in a dynasty draft. And last year, midway through the season, I was able to trade DJ Chark straight across for Judy. And I can't wait to reap the benefits of the trade, man. Great trade there nice. uh well at least uh chark has uh has someone good throwing him the ball this year but um uh, the thing is mace they could have made this trade for gardner Minshew, and instead they went for teddy bridgewater so it's just i understand the hype for Minshew, but we're unfortunately we're past that now yeah although i'm just saying it, it would certainly uh, add some sizzle and you know what what george Payton well, was no saying doubt. about how cool about how a quarterback can kind of elevate and make other people better. I think back to that touchdown that Mingshu threw a couple of years ago when the Jaguars were here. I mean, that's just a play where he's just making it happen on his own, buying time. That's the sort of yeah. thing that you like to that you like to see. Again, I mean, I think you have reasonable expectations, but I, I do think if Mingshu were here, he'd be winning the job right now. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. truly do. Yeah. And Mace, I think we were all high on Minshew and the Broncos just didn't go in that direction. Next one yeah, from Casper and- fellas with Pat Schirmer possibly being used with Pat Sertan, sorry, possibly being used in the hybrid role. Do you see the team needing to permanently invest more in the secondary to allow him to do that from how I view it? The team will need to have two other guys who are good enough to be starters outside of Sertan. That way, when he needs to be able to cover the tight end or move up, move up to stack the box, there won't be a big drop in skill level among the guys who will be playing the outside. How say you? Mm, I think if uh, you move him to an outside corner role that uh, when you're talking about kind of a hybrid, maybe you're going with a bigger guy. Maybe that's where you talk about Justin Stranod sliding into that role at some point and, yeah. getting, more, and getting more reps. Mace, would you love to see uh, a stack secondary year in and year out? Of course you would. What the Broncos have is an embarrassment of riches, but if it means using a first round pick on a corner or a quarterback for a second straight year and you need the quarterback, you got to go the quarterback. Or if you, if you need a right tackle, let's say Bobby Massey and Calvin Harrison don't work out. Well, you're probably going to not do another luxury pick in the secondary. Uh, it's okay. If Pat Sertan ends up just being uh, a shut down outside cornerback and occasionally like they like the Patriots did with it, with the keep to leave uh, you can use him against the tight end, but for the most part, He's just going to be on the outside. That That's okay. That's a great mm-hmm. role for Pat. This is a way to get him on the field right now because of what you have in the secondary, but it's not something I think you're thinking about long-term. I think long-term you're talking about him being someone who's working on the boundary, and that's perfectly fine. That's that's perfectly fine. They used to, and and also the bill starts, the bills start coming due on offense. Garrett Bowles, cap number goes up after this year. Cortland Sutton's going to have a bigger number after this year. And so the balance is naturally going to change. You need Caden Stearns or, or, or Johnson to step up and replace cream Jackson's safety. For example, next year, you're probably looking at saying Bassi or OJ Mudia being guys get more playing time in 2022 because you're not keeping both Fuller and Callahan in all, in all likelihood. That's just how it is. It's just part of the natural, natural evolution of a team. 
Mace, we got two left. One, the first one coming in yeah. from Love Thunder down under. Yeah, Kanye, you're great and all, but have you ever seen Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, and Melvin Gordon own the stage? Honestly, couldn't be more pumped. Love seeing some super talent, having fun, and having some pride. Sherman needs to find a way to punish defense with quick plays that don't let pressure ma- ma- mouth through the A-gaps. Get these men the beeping ball. Let's go. <laughs> yes, I love mm-hmm. the energy that these young guys on offense bring. Yeah. But he's right, got to get quick plays that don't let pressure through the A-gaps because that's where you're running the risk of your quarterback getting killed. But it's also, you know what? If they're getting pressure through the A-gap, that means that if it's a linebacker usually bringing pressure from the second level, that means there's open space that you can exploit. Yep, exactly. And last one coming in from DC Hawk guy. He says, my guys, you know, I got to ask a couple questions about my Hawks with the signing of Barrington Wade. Do we have more Hawks in camp than any other school? They got to be up there. No offense. Josie Jewell, Michael Ojemudia, Sean Byer, Barrington Wade. I've also heard that OJ has been working in a similar role to PS2 as the dime, a cornerback linebacker hybrid. Have you seen this at all? Not to the same degree we've seen it with Sertan. No, I mean right. we're not we're not seeing him in the like in the box as often as we've seen Pat Sertan. And I think one thing that I'm going to be charting on Saturday is just how they're using Sertan in particular, but also uh, using some of the other defensive backs to see like how, you know how they're going to fit in. And uh, OJ Moody is really interesting because, like I just said, he's somebody who's still in their long-term plan. So let's make that clear. It's saying Bassey on the pup list, same thing. He's still somebody they're looking at for the long term. It's very, it's very significant that Kyle Fuller signed a one-year contract, I think. Yeah, because I think so too. It see, does show you what you, they think of those young guys. You can see kind of the, the next year's secondary looking like it, it'll go Darby and Sertan as CB1, CB2, saying Bassey as the slot corner and OJ Moody, maybe being, maybe filling that pastor tan role. We'll see. Uh, maybe do, they've had, they haven't done it as much with him, but certainly I think they do see some versatile traits in OJ Moody. Yeah. And you also have to remember that he, he's not doing that with the first team. He's very clearly just, just doing that with the second team, which is okay. But, uh, but he still has some work to go, but Mace, that could absolutely be the guy that they look to next year as being that versatile guy. And Mace, I've really enjoyed this podcast. And before we get out of here, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver online one more time where they are the new urban online university where they have learning degrees equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is just unheard of at other universities, but over at MSU Denver, they deliver. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky mountain region. And whether you're on campus or online, it's all the same to them. And you get the exact same degree, which again is unheard of. And you get to continue to live your life while you do that. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver online and Mace that'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for rolling with me from Minnesota. Enjoy target field tomorrow. And thank you all so much for rolling with us today. We really appreciate it. We'll be coming to you live after the Broncos first preseason game. So make sure to tune in right around five o'clock Denver time until then enjoy your Friday and enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you on Saturday. Thank you all so much. Country drive. I understand that you need some time. I know some landmarks we used to.
We're flying cats.